At the turn of the 20th century, many artists in the West were working to pursue breakthroughs in their artistic achievements. French painters like Pierre-Auguste Renoir, Edgar Degas and Paul Cézanne had entered the later stage of their artistic careers. French modernist painter Edouard Manet had already exhibited his notable oil painting, The Luncheon on the Grass. Dutch painter Piet Mondrian had become a pioneer of abstract painting. Spanish painter and sculptor Pablo Picasso had displayed his talents in his early works. At a time when the Western world was witnessing a boom of artistic creations, China was in chaos, stuck in wars and political instability. The Dunhuang Mogao Caves were still a godforsaken place, and its great artistic value remained hidden, buried in the sand. Hi, welcome to this episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. I'm Graham Stevens. The Dunhuang Mogao Caves were guarded by a Taoist priest named Wang Yuanlu. Taoism is a popular religion and philosophy originated in China 2,000 years ago. Wang Yuanlu was born in 1850 in central China's Hubei province. He may have been a diminutive man, illiterate, with no formal education, but by all accounts he had the sharpest of minds and not a little cunning. He would prove to be pivotal in the story. When Wang was young, severe drought caused famine in his hometown. He had to flee to make a living. He served in the army and went to West China's Gansu province. He was discharged a few years later. After what had been a difficult life, he was converted to Taoism in Chuqian, a city not far away from Dunhuang. Later, Wang arrived in Dunhuang, and his name became part of Dunhuang history. Abbot Wang quickly settled in the then-abandoned Lower Monastery and started to practice Taoism. He supported himself by begging around the Dunhuang area. Although the local clerics could not tell the difference between Taoism and Buddhism, they nonetheless respected his dedication. Wang looked around the Magao Caves and considered converting the old temple caves into a Taoist temple. He hired locals to clear the drifting sand which had blown in from the desert and blocked the ground-level caves. Then, due to an accidental discovery, the Dunhuang treasures that have been hidden in the dust for hundreds of years are seen again. On the 22nd of June 1900, some workers hired by Abbot Wang were cleaning the sand along the pathway inside a cave. The cave, later numbered 16, was just opposite the lower temple that Abbot Wang had occupied. Suddenly, the northern wall of the cave pathway vibrated before a crack appeared. The workers told Wang about what happened. They guessed there might be something behind the wall, as it sounded hollow. Out of curiosity, Wang used a shovel to explore the crack. They knocked down the hollow part of the wall and saw behind it a small timber door sealed with clay. 
After peeling off the clay and opening the small door, they entered another small cave, roughly three meters long and three meters wide. To their surprise, they found numerous white cloth packages piled up neatly along the walls. In short, Abbot Wang found the treasure house of Dunhuang, as the cave was full of handwritten and printed sutras, scriptures, paintings, and sculptures of the Buddha. Back then, it was probably beyond Wang's wildest imagination that this discovery would one day bear so much importance. He would have no idea that the discovery laid the foundation of a new discipline of academic studies. Many excellent scholars have dedicated their whole academic careers to researching the findings in this cave. In the meantime, the cave has been an eyewitness to China's national honor and disgrace. Today, this world-famous cave is known as the Library Cave. In the Mugao Cave system, it is Cave 17. It is located off the entrance leading to Cave 16. Archaeological studies show the tablet, statue and paintings in Cave 16 were set up to commemorate Hong Pian, the monk who was responsible for the construction of the cave. They describe and depict how Hong Pian practiced Buddhism in his daily life. In the mid-11th century, the monks from a local temple relocated Hung Pien's statue out of Cave 16, and more than 50,000 documents at the temple were stored in Cave 17, before the cave was walled up. In order to hide any trace of the ceiling, they then painted on the sealed wall. The cave had remained sealed for over 800 years after that. Because most items stored in the cave are Buddhist manuscripts, the cave was called the Library Cave. No one knows for sure why the cave was built and sealed. Different scholars have different hypotheses. One theory believes that the cave was sealed due to an impending war. It is thought that the monks, fearful of war, moved important documents from the temple to the cave in order to prevent them from being destroyed. They sealed the cave in a perfect fashion. Because of the secretive nature of the cave, it was forgotten by everyone after people who were personally involved in its sealing passed away. According to another theory, the cave was a waste repository for the monks. This theory was first proposed by British archaeologist Oral Stein. He argued that instead of complete documents, most manuscripts and paintings discovered in the cave were damaged or incomplete. This theory notes that the government documents discovered in the cave were outdated documents in the 11th century. Because paper was a luxurious item in ancient China, it is believed that monks had handwritten Buddhist scripts on the back of outdated government documents. Manuscripts generated in this way were not seen as valuable items, so they were discarded as waste to the cave. Regarding why a lot of Tibetan language Buddhist manuscripts have been discovered in the cave, the explanation in this theory is that because Tibet's rulers lost control of Dunhuang in the 9th century, the Tibetan language manuscripts had become waste in local temples by the 11th century. However, both theories are only speculations based on bits and pieces of evidence. They are far from providing a comprehensive explanation. 
Today we will probably never get to know the real reason behind the ceiling of the library cave, but the value of the cave is real. Since its discovery, studies of Dunhuang have become an academic discipline. Historical documents discovered in Dunhuang have become key materials in the studies of medieval China, especially China's western region and Central Asia. Findings inside the library cave present people with a feeling that history is actually not far from us. But as we said earlier, Abbot Wang had no idea about the value of what he found. So what happened after the library cave was reopened? Who unveiled the priceless value of all the relics? Let's continue our story of the library cave in our next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you on the next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. Thank you.